92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. We are live at Bojangles Coliseum, where we will be in attendance for the 2023 Hercules Tires Big South basketball championships it's Wes and Walker here with you for the next three hours Walker Mail, Wes Bryant even Josh Fitty Marlowe out with us Colin Hoggard as well we've got some family out here it's going to be a lot of fun and I got to tell you I'm sitting within arm's reach of s'mores and funnel cakes and all sorts of dessert and it's everything I can do to not reach over and grab some and Wes you're going to have to help me because there's a lot of food like you're next to pretzels and popcorn I see beer to about my two o'clock position they got funnel fries too I mean I'm going to smell like funnel cake when I leave this Bojangles Coliseum <laughs> it's yeah, right I here will. I mean my, my clothes are going to smell like it and so I'm not going to be minding too much about it but that's where we are and UNC Asheville is about to tip off here in just a moment against Charleston Southern who just beat high point 72 to 70 on Wednesday so that will be the first game here today but games are going to be happening all day long Fiddy, how excited are you to be out here um, this is your first conference tournament I know you were geeked up about it at the beginning of the week so is that still holding true oh yeah no I uh, I'm taking it all in taking as many pictures as I can uh, just kind of soak it all in because I've loved this sport since the sixth grade I've never been at a conference tournament no matter as a, a fan member of the media etc so I'm pretty excited and uh Ready for a full day of hoops here in the Queen City. Did you get recruited by any of these programs before you tore your ACL in Church League? No, because I did not get the opportunity to dunk on senior night. But I told you when we walked out to take the picture, <laughs> had you dunked on senior night, you'd be out there balling right now like you did for Charlotte back in 77. That's right. Uh, I remember those days fondly. I will say this, though. It's exactly what I was talking about with Jeff on Charlotte Sports Today. I don't feel like there's anything better than matinee basketball. I absolutely love it. Is, do you feel the same way, or just because you've had to work covering basketball so much, do you feel somewhat differently, or do you love matinee basketball? Nah, man. Also? I mean, it, it, it's always fun once you get to March Madness and you got basketball on during the daytime. You know what I'm saying? Normally you're watching Sports Center or the different sports shows that are on during the day, but when you have an actual live basketball game to watch that means something, it's always fun. When I walked into the building earlier and walked onto the court and the band was playing, I mean, I was like, this sounds like college basketball. This is my official welcome today to March Madness. When you come in and hear that marching band playing, you see the guys warming up, man. It's definitely about that time. So we're going to talk all about the Big South Tournament here, the 2023 Hercules Tire Big South Tournament in just a moment. James Holland, the vice president, going to be joining us at 1220 to discuss more. Played ball himself, played for the Harlem Globetrotters, by the wow. way. <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? Played yet Geringer, also South. South Carolina Upstate, so that's going to be a lot of fun to talk with him, and we're going to get that conversation underway in just a little bit. Hell, we're here, right? I mean, we basically did take the bus trip to Bo uh, Bojangles Coliseum. Might as well have Shroppy be the bus driver today. Not Lil Country. He's with us, so we'll have the bus driver be Shroppy today. Shroppy, why don't you open up the doors, and we'll get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. All right, what is your first memory, Wes, of conference tournament basketball, whether it be the ACC, mm -hmm. whether you want to do the cliche nostalgia, mm -hmm. teachers rolling in the television to the yeah, classroom to yeah. watch it during those Thursdays or Fridays? What do you remember most about ACC tournament? Well, 
or if, any tournament. If my mom told us, she would talk about when I when I did my first uh, ACC tournament. She always talks about how when I was in diapers and we would be watching the ACC tournament, and I would be walking around <laughs> in the house saying, uh, "I'm going to watch the ACC tournament when I was in diapers or whatever." So I guess that would be the first memories, man. But like you said, uh, just <laughs> as far as watching them, just remembering, as you said, teachers rolling in the TVs. You get to check it out. They're heavily invested, especially if their school or their team uh, is in it. Or, you know, just being home before you could go to school and and the games being on if you're just hanging out at home, you know. Or the best part was Friday, you had a weekend full of college basketball, and then Friday you get home from school and you could turn on the ACC tournament, man, and catch games all night. That that That's what I love the most about March Madness and tournament time is if I can watch something meaningful while I'm in bed or it's bedtime that gives me something great to watch, yes. I'm down for that. Well, and, and I remember even during the days of the ACC tournament, what would happen is the teachers would use that as disciplinary action. If we were acting up, then we would not get to watch. Yeah, the definitely. You're not watching anything if you don't quiet down. And so you talk about best behavior <laughs> because I was not about to miss it. And that was true in middle school. That's true. I'm trying to think of when they would bring it out because it would usually happen. It would go like end of the day. Like normally you would get it at about 2 o'clock. That was about the sweet spot. 2 o'clock you were going to get it in. So once we hit 6th grade, 7th grade, and, and was about to start middle school, that's when they would bring it out. And so everybody discusses bringing in the television mm-hmm. on the on the, on the the uh, panel, I guess, that rolls to you. Yes. We had the TVs already in there. We would just, so, so I don't have that specific yeah. remembrance. I, what we had was just the TV that was already in there, and then we turned that one on. And I was not getting much work done. Like, I would be on my best behavior oh, yeah. before on, then, now. but I'm watching Especially if it was one of game. the big teams was on, if it was a Carolina or a Duke or somebody like that, no way you're getting work done. Well, and you thought Fiddy was a vicious fan of North Carolina as a kid kids are reckless with their fandom yeah. like they want to talk they'll, they'll say anything that comes to their mind yeah. about Duke about North Carolina <laughs> about <laughs> NC State I mean they have zero filter they have no professionalism right why would they they're 10 years old including myself and so I was talking mad trash to all the Duke fans that were in there and it was getting reciprocated right back to me as a Tar Heel fan. I mean that's where the rivalry starts right there you talk about in the schools in the classrooms kids growing up cheering for these teams their parents cheer for these teams but for me i didn't you know i loved the tournament and i watched it and mm-hmm. the carolina hate was there even then so i was definitely uh saying reckless things <laughs> and wishing <laughs> for carolina were. loss even back then you know what i'm saying but uh really growing up i, I was a florida state fan i was a huge florida state fan right. so when they had charlie wood and bob sura and those guys you know it was football first but then once the tournament came i was cheering for the nose all right casey steve talk about the nose it, you know hit it right on the nose with the text uh, text message uh-huh. casey steve said i loved as a kid going outside shooting ball after watching a game and in between the start of the next game then going back in to watch the next contest oh. it's ex- exactly what i did yeah. and i remember too when north carolina lost the game to george mason in the ncaa tournament mm-hmm. i was mad at tyler hansborough for not making enough plays and so i went outside and then uh, tried to um, duplicate some of the moves, and then I would make it, of course, in the driveway with nobody guarding me. Yeah. But I would get irrationally angry at yeah. Tyler Hansbrough, and that's exactly <laughs> what we would do as well. Plus, if recess was happening in between your ACC games, 
Oh yeah, it would go down on yeah. the basketball court. Or did time. you did you not want to stay in and watch the game? No, I did, but they especially if you had it. I mean, if there was, I guess, one game that would be happening towards the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think there would be some kind of lunch break or whatever. But it happened usually pretty early. If there was a break, though, the basketball court, it was a lot of fun. And by the way, just speaking of the game that's already tipped off, we're four minutes in. Charleston Southern off to an 11-2 lead against yeah. UNC Asheville right now. 11-2 Asheville, the number one overall seed in this tournament. So we'll keep you updated with a couple of the TV here at Bojangles Coliseum showing that contest as it unfolds. Remember Drew Pember, uh, uh, an exciting player to watch for the Bulldogs, averaging 20 points a game, winning a ton of these conference awards. So that's going to be really exciting as the day unfolds. And again, we'll be talking with the vice president, James Holland, in just a moment. One more text to get to real quickly. 704 number said, best ACC tournament memory at school. TV's rolled into the cafeteria during lunch, and one kid stands up in a packed cafeteria and yells, um... Something that I can't say here on the uh, on the radio, but he said, <laughs> but he said you can't do this uh, one thing to uh, I don't know I can't even read it. Yeah, this is yeah, why you got a bet. Trying to describe, I, I can't. You're right, absolutely. Nine eight zero number said, dig the Bob Sura reference. Uh, great, um, great shot from Yo, Bob Yo, I Sura. never knew. Yeah, I never had them put the TVs in the cafeteria. That was never lunchtime viewing. No, it wasn't for me. It yeah. wasn't for me either. Because teachers knew you weren't going to get any work done. That's why they waited till 2 o'clock when you're almost done with whatever assignment. Uh, or they bribe you to tell you if you guys get your work done. That's right. And then if everybody's good to go, then I'll bring the TV in and you guys can watch it until dismissal. That's right. It feels weird that conference tournament plays already here. We're going to get the final game of the season between Duke and North Carolina and the ACC this weekend and then it'll be the ACC tournament to follow. But here we are again at the Big South tournament. It feels weird that we're already here and a weird year in college basketball just all together. It doesn't feel weird for me. Lord knows I've done so many highlights <laughs> this year. It's like, good Lord. But no, in retrospect, though, it is like once you get to March Madness, you're like, wow, where did the season go? Because you're just working and grinding and doing your thing every day and you're watching college basketball. And now here we are. It's time for... It won't be long before the tournament selection show and uh, all of that stuff, man. So it it has flown by, but you got to enjoy it while it's here. Like I said, this is a nice indoctrination into March Madness for us here today because I don't think anything makes me think of college basketball more than the bands. Just sitting here right now hearing the band playing in there and they play those up-tempo type of songs and stuff, man. I don't know what it is because you remember Blue Chips when Blue Chips came on it was Nick Nolte <laughs> walking out onto the right. court with the band playing so synonymous with college sports man the band uh, and so going out there and, and the thing about getting to a conference tournament early before the games actually start mm-hmm. you get to get you get to be very close to the court while the bands are getting the crowd hyped up for the events about to follow and it yeah. is the most college atmosphere that you could ask for Smitty from the city he wrote in at Lincolnton we used to go all to the gym and watch like several classes would just skip the day and then Damn. go to the gym. What school is that? I don't know. What, well, Lincolnton Link- somewhere? Well, Lincolnton, I'm not surprised. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think their grades reflect that? But the, the, uh, but they know their college basketball, though, and it was because they yeah. would skip classes. But do you know your arithmetic and language arts? Well, who cares? We're in radio. So, honestly, I should have been going <laughs> well, to that school. for yourself. I should have been going to that school, to be honest with you. I would remember some of those days a little bit more. I can tell you this. I can tell you a little bit more of what happened in the ACC tournament. Yes. And I can tell you some simple arithmetic. Yes. 
okay, Fiddy's already made a couple of promos of me being bad at math before. Yeah. So it's not like going to Bunker Hill or going to Catawba County. That helped with my arithmetic whatsoever. We are here at the 2023 Hercules Tire Big South Basketball Championship. Going to be taking place all the way through the weekend. Come out, support some of the Carolina schools that are in this conference. There's seven out of the ten located in the Carolinas. And again, you have a couple in action right now. You Charleston think you want to see Asheville feeling that pressure being number one seed already? A little nervous first game? I mean, look. A little bit of nerves, well, man. And, and this is what's crazy about the Big South Tournament, right? Where in the ACC Tournament, you're still going to have multi-bids because it's a power five. But when you're discussing mid-major groups, this is going to be a one-bid league. Yeah. And so if UNC Asheville, despite an awesome season, if they mess up and throw the first game of the tournament before you even have a chance to compete mm -hmm. for that Big South championship, then your season's over. Right. I mean, think about – you talk about a dramatic drop of – of what your ceiling could be, what your season could be, where, okay, we could get to the tournament, maybe even make some noise, like who knows based off of seeding, and then to have that upset happen in the first round where you don't even get that shot, right. that's got to be devastating, even more so for mid-major schools compared to some of the bigger schools, especially because a lot of these guys aren't going pro. Yeah. Like this is going to be your last time, especially for some seniors, mm -hmm. that you're going to be playing with your friends and you're going to have professional opportunities in other areas, but it just goes to show, I'm not saying it means more, but at the same time that is a huge drop in what you thought you were going to accomplish to oh wait everything is over now yeah. and it's all said and done yeah not to mention like i said this is a team that tied the program single season records for wins and conference wins so they've had a historic season when you talk about their program so i think they might be feeling a little bit of early yeah. nerves to come out and win the championship seal the deal but it's early folks it's 14 23 to go and a half once things settle in as ray lewis said once <laughs> Uh, sooner or later, you got to play football. So sooner or later, they're going to play some basketball. They'll settle in. We'll see. All right, we'll get to some Carolina Panthers conversation. Adam Schefter reported that the Carolina Panthers called about Aaron Rodgers, but then Sheena Quick, Will Kunkel, other reporters yeah. actually refuting Say that. No, no. Saying no, leak sources told them that the Panthers did not contact anybody about Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to discuss what Aaron Rodgers would do for this Panthers team and all of the refuting reports that we're getting right now. We'll also talk with James Holland about the 2023 Hercules Tire Big South Basketball Championships in just a moment. It's Weston Walker. We're off and rolling. Sports Radio 92 Seven WFNZ. It's Weston Walker back at the 2023 Hercules Tire Big South Basketball Championships out at the Bojangles Coliseum, and now it is a pleasure to go to the Bonnie Works Plus guest hotline, but here he is right in front of us, Mr. James Holland in his fifth year as Big South Conference Senior Associate Commissioner in 2022-2023, completing that fifth year. James, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. No problem. Excited about being on. Yeah, how excited do you get when it's time to come back to the Bojangles Coliseum for conference? Conference tourney play. Well, you know, we work all year long just for the regular season, and so this is kind of the culmination of all the hard work that, that's gone, put in for the entire year, and, and we know that we're in March, so it's March Madness, and uh, some, one of these teams going to punch a ticket, so it's really, really exciting for the Big South Conference. The atmosphere is awesome. It's so much fun to be out here, and my question to you is, what are some of the responsibilities or some of the specifics that you're involved in getting this conference tournament off the ground? Well, I think my title is supposed to be Terminate Director. 
Uh, but I was putting the ball racks together on uh, on last Saturday. Okay. Trying to make sure the signage was in the right places and and uh, you know just kind of it's uh, kind of a, pretty much everything that needs to be done. I try to put a hand in it. I try to delegate some as best I can. But uh, you know we we built this tournament from scratch. It's the first time the Big South Conference ever had a true neutral site tournament, and so you don't know what you don't know a lot of times. And so last year. Uh, we figured out a lot from our ticketing uh, to sponsors and everything and trying to make, uh, uh, trying to create some awareness in the city of Charlotte that this is actually going on. So this particular year, this was my focus, is trying to make sure that people in Charlotte knew that the Big South Conference Terminal was at Bojangles around. James, so you being a Hall of Famer of USC Upstate, how, how difficult can it be sometimes to watch them in the tournament, though, and not be biased a little bit and want them to win? And does that old player still come out when you're watching these tournament games for high stakes? Well, sometimes, you know, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, I would not be telling the complete truth about it and wasn't happy when they win. <laughs> uh, but also, I don't have nothing to do with the game so it really doesn't matter from a standpoint once the competition starts but it's great to see them do well um, having played at USC Upstate USC Spartanburg at the time winning a national championship um, you know that's a memory that I'll never forget and so now it's like anybody else you see your, your school on TV or ESPN plus uh, and, and when they win, you know, it's a good feeling. So throughout this whole season, you guys have UNC Asheville having a historic season as far as their school is concerned. But what are some of the storylines that you've been looking forward to seeing play out this weekend in this tournament? Well, I think you hit on the first one with Drew Pember, who's a preseason player of the year, had a, uh, a player of the year type season also. So, he, you know, great chance to be uh, postseason. And so, you know, but also seeing so much parity this year in the league. Uh, when the season ended, we had three teams that were tied for uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth place. Uh, we had two teams tied for, for second. And so we had to go to our tiebreakers, which was, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had the right teams in the right spot. So it, it really created some excitement going into the tournament because we know that just about anybody can win this tournament uh, this weekend. James Holland joining us talking about the 2023 Hercules Tired Big South Basketball Championship. James, you have a basketball-dominated background yourself, coaching and playing the game. How does that help you in your current role? Well, I think I recognize what the coaches are going through and also I recognize what the players are going through. I, I know it's important for the student athletes, uh, you know, when you play in a conference like ours, it's a smaller conference, and to try to, to recreate what they, they're going to experience, what one team's going to experience in a couple of weeks when they go to the state tournament, and now all of a sudden they're playing there with eight other teams in a bigger arena. So I think that's the first thing I really understand about it, but I also understand that, you know, for the coaches, uh, you know, this is what they do, and it's important to them, and, and they, they live and die with their wins and losses. So I can uh, sometimes I get phone calls after games, and I understand that they're bidding, and I'll ask some of them sometimes, hey, are you calling to get something fixed, or are you just trying to you just need somebody to listen to you? And uh, but normally I don't take calls after the after the game that night. I wait till the next morning. So I think my background allows me to understand. You know, the, the big picture. And now also being on the administrative side, I understand the other way why things are done a certain way that I, ne I didn't necessarily know when I was coaching and playing. How much do you miss it? You want to get back into coaching? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a big difference now. I hear I got a son who's coaching at uh, Texas A&M Commerce right now, and, and uh, I tried to talk him out of it, and he wanted to do it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you know there, there are elements I miss about coaching because the interaction you have each day with your student-athletes and seeing someone who comes in 18 years old, very naive, 
and then you watch them, you know, mature over the four years that they're there, and, and, and then they leave with a degree, and also, you know, you know, they're they're ready for life now. And James, talk about that coming out of Charlotte. He and I are both products of CMS. I went to Vance High School. There you he go. Went to Ganger High School. You know what I'm saying? Queen City in the building. And what it was like for you coming out, the things that you had to face, and then just what you see some of these guys with the landscape of college sports changing so much now. It's changed significantly. When I was playing, when I came out a long, long time ago, there wasn't Vance High School when I came out of came out of Garinger right. back in, in '78, but you know, transferring uh, right now, the way people view it is different. When I first went to college, you know, if you transferred, there was normally an issue. And, you know, you really never transferred up. Uh, now, you know, we all understand the transfer portal. Uh, we think we understand the transfer portal. And, and kids are going in when they, they're in really good situations. So, uh, but I firmly believe that, you know, like any anytime things change, you got you have to give it time, and then the kind of the market will will reset itself, and people kind of figure out, hey, it may not be the best in my best interest to transfer. I got a good spot where I'm at, and I think we're going to see that happen in the next couple of years. Now, what I want to know is, for those who don't know, you are a Harlem Globetrotter. Okay, it's <laughs> amazing. What? is that tryout like to make that team and then do you still have or practice some of the moves that you did back then well you know when i came out of uh usc upstate and we had won a national championship that year and i came back and i was like anybody else 22 years old aspirations of playing in the league felt like i was i could play i had two teammates who were drafted i went undrafted and uh and then there was a call one day and they said do you want to come down would he be interested in the Harlem Globetrotters? And, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll go down. And so I went down to, to uh, Houston, and uh, they, they invited 60 guys in. And uh, they had, you know, they had four spots that they were going to fill. And so for me, it was it was very competitive. You know, I thought I was going to go down and do some tricks, and we were just playing. And uh, after the first day, I thought I played well but not great. But then I felt good the next couple of days, and the general manager came in and, and said, uh, you know, hey, we're interested in you. What are you? What are your plans? I said, well, I like to play, give the NBA a chance. And he said, well, this is kind of bird in the hand type deal. And so at that particular time, I wanted to play, and I took the sure thing and wouldn't trade that experience for you know for the for anything right now because I got a chance to see, you know, all of Canada, all of the United States, being from Charlotte, playing at a really small school in Spartanburg. You know, I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. What was your signature move, and can you still signature, do it? I was a ball handler. Uh, the old timers remember Fred Curly Neal, and they were grooming me uh, to be the ball handler. So I did the, the, the slide and the, uh, with the ball, and you know, some of the passing. Uh, and you asked me back, did I still practice any of those type things? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I uh, I retired a, a, a long time ago, and and so. Um, you know, I enjoy watching it, but I've hung, hung my shoes up. Yeah, a real enemy of the Washington Generals here. And James Holland <laughs> joining us here at the Bojangles Coliseum, the 2023 Hercules Tires Big South Basketball Championship. It's a ton of fun. We just had a game-tying dunk by UNC Asheville under five minutes, and we could hear the crowd. So an awesome crowd coming out. Should expect more fans to come out and support some of these teams in the Big South Conference Tournament. And uh, we appreciate your time, James. Yeah, Thanks I appreciate a lot. it. Hopefully, if, you're, you on, so much, if you're on the radio, I hope you're driving towards the Bowplex right now. Come on down. <laughs> come on down. Say hi to everybody. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All Thank right, you so man. Much. All right. Thank you. Appreciate That's a lot of fun. Right. Okay, so.
Harlem Globetrotter, right? Yeah. That's awesome. And then to see some of these to see some of these tricks and to hear about some of the tricks that he was pulling off. Yeah. I definitely need to go to YouTube. Maybe you could do it because you are the YouTube watcher. You could go and then you could look up James Holland moves I in the 80s. In I the er, in, yes. I want to see. A hundred percent. That's what I, I didn't know they called well. this the Boatplex. They do. Do you like that? The Boatplex? I, I did. That's a nice little name for it. You know what I'm saying? You knew that. Yeah, no, I've I've heard wow. it called that nickname okay. before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I refer to it as much. I, mean, I will I could, from though. here going forward. Okay, I mean, we can. I actually graduated high school in this building as well, too. See that that goes to show you just the difference in our high schools because. I graduated in my own high school gym, again, in Catawba County uh-huh. at 2A, graduating up to 2A, mind you, mm-hmm. Bunker Hill in Claremont, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and here you are having it at the Bowplex, as you will now. Dump. Yeah, and, and, and I actually, we were running a little bit late, and I had to get out on the street over there and cross the street to be able to come in here to make it on time. My mom told me, get out of the car. <laughs> Were you the last one with your cap and I gown? I wasn't right the there? last one, but she was like, oh, you running late. She's like, just get out and, and go across the street, man. So, yeah, but I uh, graduated here. And I've been to a, a couple of checkers games. I've been to some events here, man. Mm-hmm. Been a few events at the Bowplex. Well, I mean, you know, I've been to a couple Charlotte checkers games, including a couple of dollar beer nights. I remember the game. Did you have to be carried out on the dollar? I did not have to be carried out. Um, I don't know if I made it home. I know oh. I would have to sleep at my buddy's house because I was in no position to okay. drive. So that was what. Uh, so as long as you didn't drive, that's all that No, matters. no, we were not doing that on dollar beer night. But I'll tell you this. It was the first time I ever saw the beer machines where there is a magnet and there is a hole at the bottom of the cup. And then you just stick it on the dispenser and then it fills from the bottom up. Oh, and I wow. thought that was the best invention I've ever seen in my my entire life. I bet. I don't know how much those things are, but can we look it up on eBay or something like that? Can we get a <laughs> research team on it to see what the bottom-up beer fillers are? The shoppers are? research team. Yes, 100%. Now some people are writing in from Catawba County. Wow, really? I went to St. Stephen's High School, and we graduated at CVCC. Yeah, not us. That I mean, St. Stephen's bigger, right? Like, that's yeah. just how it is. So i got to represent for Bunker Hill. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and the Carolina Panthers just for a moment before we can focus on it a little bit more in the second hour because we saw that on uh, NFL Live yesterday. NFL insider for ESPN, Adam Schefter, said that the Carolina Panthers are among of the few teams that have reached out to see about Rodgers' availability. Yes. But Will Kunkel, Sheena Quick, both of them took to Twitter and said that their league sources told them that the Panthers have not contacted Aaron Rodgers. What do you make of the refutes and the claims? I don't know if I'll ask you who do you believe in, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many different things that could be up in the air, different sources, whatever. But what do you make of this back and forth and some of the reporting that is conflicting one another? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because you would think somebody with the clout that Adam Schefter has would not report something unless it was well-sourced and he knew this to be fact. But then Sheena Quick comes out. And says, no, 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 that is not the case. And so uh, I'm going to go with what she had to say. Like I said, she was bucking the system, so to speak, as far as just going against a big dog like Adam Schefter. But at the end of the day, I think it's much ado about nothing because I don't think the Carolina Panthers will be willing. I mean, we talked about their cap situation just trying to sign Derek Carr. So you think you're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers and pay him $50 million? I mean, you would legit have to be a quarterback away, no question, and this isn't the NBA. You don't have a luxury tax, so if you bring Aaron Rodgers in, some guys will definitely have to be uh, seeing the door. 
I don't know if it fits for them either. Not even just cap cap wise, but even when you're talking about the positions in front of you, one of the selling points about Derek Carr is the fact that he is only quote unquote 32 years old, right. which is an older quarterback in the league. But it doesn't mean he's almost done. Mm -hmm. With Aaron Rodgers, we kind of view him as being almost done. And I don't know if Carolina is so much to the point to where the Panthers are a team that's ready to win right now with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, if you went for Aaron Rodgers, then that would mean you're kind of looking for a Super Bowl. And I don't know if that's what the position they're in right now. To me, it makes more sense to go after a rookie QB, and especially with the amount of money that you would have to pay for an older Aaron Rodgers who had a down year. And I don't love the weapons in Green Bay. You do have better weapons here in Carolina just with DJ Moore alone. But at the same time, it wasn't the greatest season for one Aaron Rodgers, even if he clearly is a very good quarterback. It makes more sense to me for the Panthers to, if not go after Derek Carr, it's always been rookie-scale contract for me. We've debated that quite a bit. But Rodgers might even be that third option for me. Yeah, he could be. But, I mean, the Packers would have to trade him. How much do you have to give up? And, right. again, like I said, when you have a quarterback making that kind of money, because I would think if Aaron Rodgers goes to another team, he's going to at least give them two seasons. And so then if you bring him in in that case, you're going to have to cut some guys because the salary is so exorbitant. So then are you going to um, – what's up, Coach? Are you going to <laughs> draft guys to supplement what you're going to have to lose? Because if you bring in Aaron Rodgers and you're the Panthers, then you definitely have to, I would imagine, choose between Derrick Brown or Brian Burns as far as who you want to pay. Um, there are other guys as well that will need money too. So I think Rodgers would be just a bit much as far as just just too rich for their blood. Well, it's funny, by the way, Wes saying hi to Grant Leonard. Grant Leonard, Queens basketball coach, just finishing up their season after what was a tough loss to Kennesaw yeah, State. Yeah, coaches get a just nod. I'm not going to say 100%. what's up on, on air to just anybody, but when a coach comes through, I'm like, what's up, That's coach? right. We're at the Bowplex. Coaches yeah, are walking around plex. all over the place. At the, <laughs> at the B-plex. Yeah. That didn't sound nearly as I good. I like the plex. You know, in Texas, uh, that's what they say if – I think that's what they say if you want to bring, like, drama, if you want an issue. They say mm -hmm. you, you plex, plexing. So I like plex. We, in, the plex. we in plexus. Yeah. That's where we are. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, we get plex. to see Grant Leonard walking around, so hopefully we can grab a couple of uh, uh, guests that we did not see coming. That's why we're out here. Just yeah, to he see. had his Bojangles. I don't think he wants to talk to us right now. Well, not right now. Those Supremes. Look, man, I, I hope that we're close enough to where he can hop on. And if not, then I just embarrass myself in, in that regard. But I, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can get them on. Last thing, though, we're just talking about contracts and salary cap. It's funny because it makes you sound stupid when it comes to the NFL salary cap, but so many times when you discuss it, you can talk about it in the lines of, well, they can do what they want to whenever, even if the rules kind of don't look like you're allowed to sign an Aaron Rodgers. And that's what Scott Fitterer says, right? Yeah. He's talking about some of the money problems that they have and says, look, if we want somebody bad enough, we're going to make it happen. Wow. Right? And so when you discuss an Aaron Rodgers contract, you're right. You can maneuver the money a way or a couple of different ways in order to go get him and then maybe pay your Brian Burns and Derek Brown. But then you you have to sacrifice something even right. with you having the ability to go after whoever you want. It's the joke about the New Orleans Saints where the cap does not exist to the New Orleans Saints because they trade draft picks all the time to go 
get a bigger contract on their roster, right? And so you, you can maneuver it a bunch of different ways, but it, but it is a real thing. It, it will come to bite you. You just keep prolonging it and postponing it. And if that's the philosophy you want to go with, then fine. But it will come to bite you at some point. It's the Campus Corner talking a lot about college basketball with us being at the 2023 Hercules Tires Big South Basketball Championship. North Carolina, Duke this weekend. Is the nostalgia of the Duke-UNC rivalry being overplayed? At this point, is that something that you be uh, that you're asking yourself? It's Wes Walker coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. What's going on, folks? I'm back. You're back. We're back. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, here live from the Hercules Tire Big South Basketball Championships. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up the socials, folks. Wesson Walker on Twitter, WFNZ's Twitter and WFNZ's Instagram. Hit the doggone follow button. Listen, it's halftime. People are uh, coming out to get some Bojangles at the Boplex. They're hungry. <laughs> but now it's time for the campus. Kona! All right, folks. We got the Duke-North Carolina rivalry for the 8,000th time this weekend. It should be a very meaningful game. Carolina needs it to keep their turning chances alive. Duke needs it because they just want to beat Carolina again and pull out that broom. But... I ask, and Fitty, you can jump in here as well, but I'll start with Walker. Is the nostalgia of the Duke-UNC rivalry overplayed at this point? I mean, every game we see the same highlights, the same moments. We get the same gas on it every single time. So I'm asking, do you get a little tired of it or not? Wes, you're you're a big dude. You're a former Division I offensive lineman, so I wouldn't worry about all that either. But if there was a way to enrage Fiddy enough to where he has a shot <laughs> at pulling off a victory in a fight, what you just did would be the exact circumstance to allow Fiddy to jump over this table uh -huh. by saying the rivalry is overplayed or that it's losing its nostalgic feel. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's losing any nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I enjoy seeing Jeff Capel hit the shot. Mm -hmm. I enjoy seeing Jerry Stackhouse have the reverse slam dunk, one of the best dunks that we've ever seen in college basketball history, especially with the moment. Mm -hmm. There are so many excellent games between the two. I do not think it's losing any feel. And I know that North Carolina had the two big-time victories last year, ending Coach K's. Uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium, the last state, uh, the last game there ended in a loss, and then of course the NCAA tournament ending his career in the Final Four. Just some monster games. I do not think that you're losing any nostalgia. Do you feel that way? Uh, you know, again, I work for the ACCBN as well that you can watch on all platforms, and we have to cut hype videos and things of that nature that you can go check out. They're pretty dope. But it seems like every time this game comes around. It's the same highlights, the same stuff. Now, they did update the resume with Carolina and Duke playing in the in the Final Four and with them sending Coach K out with the L 
So I feel like they did update the resume, but it's just a question I'm asking. Do I really think so? I would say no. Growing up in this state, knowing the importance of this game, it's just a question that I wondered how do some people feel about it because you could say the same for Michigan-Ohio State. Well, that's right. You get the same highlights, the same old stuff is said about that game as well, but 50 would say you. I mean, here's here's what I say. Do you like greatness? Do you like watching basketball <laughs> at its absolute finest at the college game? That's what that game represents. Yes. It, it is basketball at its purest. Teams have usually play at a high level and if you want more highlights do more research the rivalry isn't just from coach k on the the rivalry goes back to 1960 and so there's so much more about the rivalry that people just don't know that that does exist and so no it's not losing its nostalgia it is still the best rivalry not just in college sports not just in college basketball it's the best rivalry in sports because every time they lace it up they always deliver greatness. Well, I guess that's my question, too. You brought it up a little bit. It's exactly the point I was going to make. How is that any different than the other great rivalries that we think of? If you look up highlights of the Yankees and the Red Sox series right. that are going on, you're going to see the Aaron Boone home run. You're going to see Boston find a way to overcome a 3-0 deficit and find themselves moving on to win the World Series. They're great moments, and you're going to watch them all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to see some of the, the best moments time and time again against Ohio State and Michigan. So I don't view it any differently in that regard when comparing this rivalry to others. Well, I guess the thing, too, is you get it twice in a year, and then if they play in the ACC tournament, you get it three times. So I guess that's the thing I, that, that begged that question as well, because Ohio State-Michigan, you get it once a year. So, you know, you get a chance to breathe a little bit. But with Carolina, you get it twice a year, and then you're getting the same things thrown at you. So, like I said, for me personally, I don't think so. I don't get tired of it. But it's just a question that I wanted to ask and just see what see what was out there, see what the texters think, what the people think as well. Well, no, and it's fair, especially on a national level. I wonder if it's losing any ground just because they wanted to. Well, at, see, you think – I don't know. Maybe so don't, ESPN maybe they, doesn't want it to yeah. based off the way they treat it because they still treat it. And that's what I'm talking about as well when you yeah. say get new highlights. And that's what I mean with ESPN. It's the same thing over and over. Oh, I know. So, But here, here's the thing, though. They are, they're trying to appeal to a national audience when it's always going to be something more to us talking about it yeah. at a conference basketball tournament featuring so many Carolina schools in the Carolinas. Just like any Kansas highlight, look, I can't tell you – Every single nook and cranny Kansas Jayhawk highlight, but I can tell you the big ones. Mm-hmm. I can tell you about the Mario Chalmers big shot against Memphis to win the championship. I can tell you about Danny Manning and the 88 Miracles, but I can't tell you about some of the nook and cranny ones. Like, I remember when we were looking at some of our favorite North Carolina Duke moments of our lifetime. There's not many people talking about Brendan Haywood's free throws, a guy that comes in as like a 60%, 50% free throw shooter who was having an awful year, knocking down a couple free throws to help secure a win against the Blue Devils in the waning seconds of that game. Yeah. That's one that is only going to hit locally, yeah. but it's a big-time moment, and it's not going to hit nationally. So maybe, to your point, nationally it's starting to wane, but, hell, last year you had arguably the biggest moment in the rivalry's history, and that was – a year ago, right? So yeah, I don't even know. When, mine was when Tyler Hansburg caught that L. <laughs> I knew it was coming. And still Fitty. won. Fitty. And still won the game. There you go. There you go, Fitty. 100%. I mean, no just, doubt about that was it. my favorite moment yeah. right there, man. You know what I'm saying? All right. Real quick, rapid fire. We're up against it. But we've heard a couple of guests. Come on. Mike Jeminski. Uh, we have Randolph Childress. These guys were talking about Armando Baycott. 
having a strong chance, if not being their player of the year that moment. Can he win the ACC Player of the Year with a big performance on Saturday? And what should that look like? So real quick, give me can he win it and what the, the stat line should be. I think as far as the can he win it conversation goes, it was interesting to hear Mike Jaminski say that Armando was still kind of the leader in the clubhouse, like you mentioned that yesterday. Uh-huh. I, I don't – if there's a monster performance, I think he's right back up there, and you don't feel great about it. Yeah. You, I can't tell you one name that I feel great about saying he's going to win it. I guess if you want to ask the possibility, yes, based off the perception, I thought it kind of waned, but if he gives you a monster performance, right, I'm sure line, he's up What's that got to look like? I, I, I would say 25, yeah. 25 and 15. Exactly That's what, what I would I, say, too. I think 20-plus, 12-plus totally boards uh, and a win. And I think that he definitely, um, I think he still has a shot to win it. If, if we have national pundits saying that he can win it, certainly in the minds of the ACC Player of the Year voters, uh, I think I think that he could win it. I'm not, the, the team faltering this year is my only right. knock against him. And I, I like to put team success into the equation more, just like you saw when we did the blind resume yesterday. I left out Tyree Appleby just because the team's success for me wasn't there to warrant uh, that. So uh, we'll see, though. It's going to be a good one on, on Saturday night. We'll, we'll, just last one before, we'll just last one before you send us to break. Okay. Even last year, it, Wake Forest, it looked like they were going to be in the tournament until they had that bad loss in the ACC tournament. Uh -huh. But also, it's not like Wake had this phenomenal year and Alondis Williams got the job done, but right? They, yeah, like, they, what's the similarities? They had a pretty good year. I think Wake finished in the top of four or five. We'll get back on that. We'll get the research team on that. Because <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about the big dogs that were out there at the combine yesterday. And I'm going to tell you about the defensive tackle that's better. Then Jalen Carter. That okay. just echoed at the boat. Yeah, place. yeah. That's how we're bringing that. I'm bringing Plex like we in Texas because I'm going to tell you about the D-tackle that's better than him. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Can you tell I'm fired up? Come on back. <laughs>